0: Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. and I'm Becky, and we are here with uh, Matt Aaron from Insurance Agent App here at Elevate. Glad to be here. Hey, so um, first of all, I want to start off the episode just straight up. Becky doesn't believe in your product. <laughs>
1: Fabulous. Here we go. Here
0: we go. <laughs> I'm jumping in. There's no intro on this episode. We're we're going to do this right here, right now. Right
2: okay. uh, Like right in the open. Why is she wrong? Because she almost drove me off the road last week when I heard it (laughs) in the previous episode. That's why she's wrong. I was on Interstate 85 and heard that and went... I'm
1: surprised you didn't immediately call me.
2: Can you name your agent?
1: Uh, Ron Patterson out of Richardson, Texas.
2: You're... uh among the minority. You realize that, right? I know. I, yeah. Okay. Most people cannot remember the name of their agent nor their agency, mm. right? So we recognize that an insurance app will not be used every day like Facebook, Pinterest, or Instagram. However, you know, with people need to reach their agent. Generally, an event has transpired that says, i got to reach out and... I- I don't want to be looking for the name of my agent or his agency. I want to tap. Mm. Okay, and that's what people do these days. So if you're an independent agent and you have connected with your clients on their mobile device, they can tap the i icon, the clients can, and inloads loads the branding for your agent, your agency. You can text them, you can email them, you can call them. However you want to connect, you connect with your agent. Yeah. 24-7 access, right? Bill pay, ID cards, accident claims reporting. Those are the reasons to have an app on your device.
1: Well, I, I, I do like your product.
2: You, know, you do now.
0: It's only wrong if you get caught, right?
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. I think you guys are doing some really great things with your products and certainly trying to get agents using that so consumers can have that kind of access. I think where I come from as far as not wanting to download an app is I don't want to download my carrier's app. Because how long am I going to stay at one carrier? Not for very long. I don't want to have to, you know, download different apps for every single time I switch
2: carriers. Precisely. And that's why if you are an independent mm-hmm. agent, you work with multiple companies and you move a client from one company to another for whatever reason, your, your client does not have to download multiple apps. They have the same app on their device and then the policy information updates automatically. Right. That's it. So it's no more complicated than that. So if you
1: want to call my agent and get him to buy your, your Flat, app, I will download uh, it. We
2: will talk offline, <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> uh that was the fun part. But uh, seriously, Matt, uh, go ahead and you know introduce yourself. What, what do you do? How 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 did you come into this? And you know. Talk talk about the the success that you guys have had with your
2: product, especially the Accord Innovation Challenge, stuff like that. Terrific. Uh, Well, if anybody had ever told me I'd be working in insurance, I would say that you've been in Colorado for a number of years, (laughs) long before it came legal (laughs) to partake. Um, I was in media for 20, 25 years, and uh, we got started in app development with family-owned IP that were former TV game shows. And we developed apps for that and enjoyed it. but. I never want to live by the ninety nine model again in my life. Uh, I never want to be responsible for downloads. So we learn as app developers, uh, uh, it, there is a relationship already in place. That's what we would prefer to rely on for downloads. Then one day, uh, seven or eight years ago, I was jogging on a... Busy four lane road on the sidewalk with my 10 year old son when a minivan got sideways from us about a foot from us and was skidding forward perpendicular to the road at 40 miles an hour. And it missed us by about a foot and it took out an oak tree about 10 yards ahead of us. Wow. And it caused a good sized accident that we helped clean up. In the process of cleaning up that accident, uh, I asked myself, What would you have to do if you were in that accident? Well, I'd have to call my agent. And that's when I realized I had no clue who my agent was. I'd did not know the name of his agency, and I'm thinking, this is not good. What would I do? So I went and visited him and asked him, why don't you have a meaningful presence for me and my smartphone? And he said, I'd love to, but I don't have the time, the money, or the resources to go build anything like that. So we recognized early on that there was a real need in the independent channel to stay connected with clients on their mobile device, because you're going to have to. This is, you know, seven, eight years ago, but we saw which way the wind was blowing. So we created an application that... Just like any good carrier app, whether it's Geico, Progressive, any of the good ones, that's what our application does and all those elements that I mentioned earlier. There's an inventory component out there, and we know that most people don't do an inventory. And if you ask them why, they'll say it's kind of a nuisance, never really been that easy to do. And we've made it easy for someone to do that and then store it in the cloud and remotely. It's not stored on the device. But if you make it easy for someone to do something, they will, and if you're part of that process. So we've been doing this now for a number of years. Um, We were asked to uh, participate in the Accord and SureTech Innovation Challenge in 2017. And we won in the startup disruptor category because we delivered a first notice of loss directly from our app to our uh, proof of concept partner, and that was selective insurance. Mm -hmm. And that first notice of loss went directly from the app, first to an agency, and then directly to selective using the Accord data standard for first notice of loss. Easy, right? But we recognize that for the first notice of loss to be useful, there has to be policy data in the first notice of loss. So now we're working directly with insurance companies on a test basis to do a direct policy data sync. So there's always data in there, so that yeah. if there is a first notice of loss, it can be delivered. So we've signed up, we're coming up on uh, probably close to our 500th sign up, and that has taken. Of uh, carriers? Of, uh, no, of, of uh, agencies. Of agencies, yep. yeah. That doesn't sound like a huge number, but when you think of the how, the adoption rate, nobody knew who we were, what we were doing early on, right? And n- now, um, if you are at this conference every other, um, session, they'll mm-hmm. mention a mobile app and staying connected to clients. Uh, we were out there early. We've gained a lot of positive notoriety for the right reasons. We believe in the channel. Uh, we're not trying to sell through the application other components, if you will. Right. Uh, we have a couple of competitors who are doing some interesting things in there about re-quoting in the app, and I'm thinking that that's not going to really work uh, for the agencies that we work with. Yeah. We're focused on things like uh, micro-messaging in the app so that um, if there's a change request, that does not affect a premium in any way the error rate on that is 40 percent, which is foolish so if you think of the amount of paper that's going back and forth it's crazy right i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah paper paper mm-hmm. <laughs> right so this change request could actually be facilitated inside the app it goes in and you know what it's done right done okay let's stop the madness so all of the things that a good app should do we can do and we want to continue to um, you know, if it is something as simple as a change request, uh, claims components, uh, workers' comp or property, uh, the next iteration of our application we're very excited about for what's going in there. And we uh, won't talk too much about it right now, yeah, but it d- is awesome.
0: Well, well, the 13 people listening uh, are, are, <laughs> are definitely... Normally it would be 14,
1: but since you're on this episode... Uh, yeah,
0: you probably won't you listen go. yourself. Generally, generally, you try not to. We, 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 we spoke in a previous episode about this show and about the discussions around APIs. You hear a lot of that. Yes. And you and I have actually spoke at length about this with Kiki and whatnot about the APIs of accessing agency data and the challenges that are out there. We, you know, we have an API that you can access all the data. We have it both on management system and the rating system. We make it open and available, and you just need to need to get access. And there you go. However, at this show, there's a lot of talk about APIs, but you've had a bit of a challenge working with the existing vendors in the industry when it comes to the API. So diplomatic. So okay. diplomatic. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, but yes, you, I mean, talk talk a little bit about that because I'll, I'll wax on for, you know, it, you know, I'm trying here not to not to talk the whole time, but uh, you know the APIs are critical for the success of apps like yourself, and it's not that it's not a self-serving item where you're just going, "I want to have access so that my app is better." It's what agents are needing. Right. It's not the you know demanding whatever the word is. They need that access, right. right? And vendors in the industry are not making that connectivity easy, and they're they're trying to create these walled gardens, and these walled gardens are damaging because. You know, their 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 options are okay, well I can buy you or I can you know or I can build it myself or I can just I like your idea, I can't build it right now and I don't wanna buy you, so I'm just gonna, you know, lock you out. And they're having a lot of that going on right now. And we need agencies to continue to
2: push to yes. access of their data. Yes. You know, it goes back to the question, who owns the data? I'm tired of the question, right? I think everybody really is. It's about the flow of data. And if you're restricting or constricting the flow of data, you need to stop, okay? Um, smart companies have recognized that, and look, the Salesforce model is the best, all mm-hmm. right? The company was worth whatever when it opened up. To the world and said, "Here's our API. Y'all come, come in, work with us." What's their market cap now? Ninety billion. I, yeah, I, I, I don't. We, we
0: we talked about that. At Facebook and Twitter and Google, Google all their their authentication APIs and having a single sign-on that you can go to any site and log in via Facebook or log in via Google or whatnot. That is, those are just authentication APIs. Right. And whenever you have this is the data. It whenever the data, all of a sudden, if for example, you were accessing my management system mm-hmm. for data to pull current client record information so it's completely up to date and you're 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 querying that in real time. Well, what happens is that my my system is more valuable now to the Precisely. agent and to you because it's the the source of record. Precisely. And you don't I mean we've talked about this, you know, if I gave you the opportunity to pull data from our system, but actually query it in real time. Give me Becky's auto policy. That means you don't have to store it. You don't right. have to. I mean, I hate storing data. Right. Because <laughs> every yes. piece of data costs me money. Right. And so you hate doing it. And that would make my system more valuable. It would make your system more valuable. It would create a valuable ecosystem in the industry.
2: Couldn't. You, you said it. That's yeah. it. It enhances everybody's reason to be. Um, it makes everybody more productive, mm-hmm. and that's, it's not more complicated than that. The smart companies are opening up, and the dialogues are now expanding. Uh, you talked about a walled garden. I look at it, at it as a Maginot line. Okay, <laughs> uh, I may go over, or I may go around. Yeah. But one way or another, we will get access to the data. So yeah. if you continue to restrict the flow of data, and you're one of those companies, and there, there are a couple that I can think of, um, we'll find a way around you. And we're working on it. I just had a nice conversation with the CEO of a very large insurance company who is extremely receptive to that. It just happened.
0: So. Yeah. Um, I actually probably can guess who that is. And, the, and, and like, let's, let's talk a little bit about like Ivan's. Ivan's is the right idea just executed wrong. Is that if... I, first of all, it should be a clearinghouse that is actually done on an industry level. It's owned by the yes. industry. It's all put in open source. It's something that i The I've Canada been, model. Correct. Okay. I want it to be open source. I want it to be a bureau-based product. Yeah, people will have to pay in a little bit to, to support the, the yes. thing. We don't want it to become something like an accord. But what that does is that creates a, an environment where that data is readily available across the board. Yes. And you know, there, there's ones that are actually a little closer to it, like Clue. That mm-hmm. you get from Lexus Nexus. The problem is, is that money. It's right. a lot of money to pull that data. If there was a common clearinghouse of that data, which what Ivan's was supposed to be, you know, but it's what Ivan's was a long time. Ago, I know that, right that there, it's, right. it's money, money, money. Yes, is when you charge by the byte to, for the downloads, right. you, you know where the, the monetization monetization is going. And they don't realize that while that brings in money now, people are going to find ways around it. Yes. And that's happened in a lot of industries. If you look at something like SQL, I'm a big fan of Microsoft SQL mm-hmm. and Oracle. Um, not talking about the companies themselves. I'm talking about the products. Right. Oracle is a phenomenal platform. It used to be able to do enterprise-level e-commerce stuff at scale back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's a great system. Expensive. However, that expense has caused people to go out and create million-dollar challenges to create something like NoSQL or Mongo or finding new ways to store this data. Correct.
2: And so the industry will find a way. It will find a way. And there are a lot of people smarter than we are who are also working on this. And we talk with them. We all feed off each other. There's an energy that says, we'll find a solution. What is interesting is the companies are now recognizing that they're serious. They Mm -hmm. are going to find a way. And a couple of CTOs have said to me, if you are working with a distribution partner agency that is – and that partner is important to us. And that partner is using the insurance agent app, your application, to connect with their clients. We have to find a way to connect into that. We will work with you. Yeah. Those That's are enlightening perspectives. Well. Yeah,
0: it's, you know, in, in the insurance industry, there's the chicken and the egg. Is that, and there's this always thing. well, I can't get the agents until I have the carriers, and I don't, can't get the carriers until I have the agents. Yes. So which comes first? And we've, I, I think we've solved the riddle. And I think, you, I think you you, recognize and you work on the same premise as we do, is that the solution is that the agent is always the king of the room. The yes. agents are critical. The agents are the people who drive this, this industry. Yes. And that shows my insight into how I feel about independent agents and agents and brokers as a whole. But to the point is that you are going after the agents first and getting the agents to understand and buy in
2: yes. that this is what consumers want. Yes. It's not about the agents. It's not about the carriers. It's about the consumers. Everybody's been app conditioned. And we all have. There is a person in this room, in this city, in this country, in the world that hasn't been conditioned by a service provider to tap first and then engage with that service provider. Why is insurance any different or why should it be any different? And the point is, it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. We're just late to that party again.
0: Yeah, it absolutely. And the um, banking industry, you know, they, yes. they were... They're ahead of us for once, you know, and that's yes. that's crazy.
1: Well, I think that was the easier, that was the lower hanging fruit than insurance.
0: Well, fintech was. It yes. also it's yes. where more money is. Well, yes. However, now the the apps like they ask like how many you know how many people can on uh, on or name an online only bank, and I'm like Ally. <laughs> I have all my accounts there. You know, IMG
2: Bearings. I don't. Know if they yeah, still like
0: it, it was an easy question, and there's no local branches, and they were going, they were trying to correlate it. That you don't know of any banks that are online only, and I'm like, actually, you are wrong in that regard. Correct. Correct. And so, when we're starting to look forward into the industry of, of how it is, there's going to be a lot of things that it, this is going to parallel both the travel industry and the the banking industry in different ways. Yes. Yep. And
2: um, you, you are correct. It's apps or, or mobile-enabled experiences. Precisely. And I think the technology through those apps will change. Our next version of the application will be different then our initial versions of the application, mm-hmm. meaning native. Were you? There are different tools out there to build now that enhance the value of these applications, and they evolve. You know, I, I was thinking about um, our application development process, and I was thinking about your show. Mm-hmm. How you guys have evolved this show over the last year. It's no different than any other development process where it's iterative. You continue to realize, okay, what do our customers want? Yeah. You know, What's going to be in there? What is worthwhile? New host. I uh, bad I had some guy... <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha, more guest hosts. Uh, we'll see. But no, it's a, uh, it's a process of what where's the value and what what does go in there. And giving people reasons to go back into the application and say, you know what, there's value here. How do I want to communicate? So we're constantly thinking about that. We're, we've got a survey going over at our uh, booth right now saying and asking agents, do you want cancellation notices going through the application? And it's a resounding yes. Oh, absolutely. We, do. we absolutely do. Because we have the data. And yeah.
0: Did one of the best-performing uh, emails. Emails out of our uh, marketing system, Agency Buzz, is the hey we noticed your policy just canceled. It, we still love you. Come back. We understand things happen, and it phenomenally works. Right, right. Engagement
2: is better. More engagement is better than it, less.
0: It's it's the it, but it's also the you know bad news is, is decent news. I mean, d- bad news in the insurance industry is an opportunity. opportunity because here we are in an industry that the one the one product we are forced to buy. That we never want to use, and we hate paying for it. Correct. I don't care. You know, I talk to agents all the time, and I go, "Do you like paying for insurance?" They're like, "No," and then I go, "But you have all these insurance policies," and they're like, "Yeah," but I understand the value of it. But then it's like we really come up to it, and they're like, "But I still don't want to do it."
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I. Uh, we, we're thrilled. We didn't. not You know, we got into this show hot. We just dove right in. Um, yeah. With. Uh, Becky's love of our product. (laughs) Um, But I'm really, first of all, I'm tickled to be here with you guys. I'm diverging from talking about me. I don't want to talk about me. I love what you guys are doing, and I appreciate it, and I thank you for the opportunity to just be here and hang with you guys because I have hung with you in my office, in my kitchen, in my car. So, uh, this is very cool, the setup that you have. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: no. We, we enjoyed having you. We're not going to kick you off quite yet because I, <laughs> I got more questions for you. Okay. <laughs> um, first of all, what what uh, other podcasts do you listen to? Uh,
2: Reed Hoffman and Masters of Scale and Jeff Roy actually turned me on to that, Agent Jeff Roy out of Canada. Uh, it's fabulous and it very well produced. Um, the uh, uh, Anything by Gimlet. They have a whole series, and they just got bought by Spotify. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of uh, different types of podcasts, and a lot of them focus on startups. Um, none of them focuses on insurance, but they focus on business. And there are great stories in there. And li- yeah, There's a tidbit in every one. Uh, t- TED has boiled down a series of their... Um, talks to they're more micro talks mm-hmm. and uh they're focused on business so I, I definitely more geared for business haven't gotten into the crime ones or anything like that oh, see, but i'm all about no it's just i'm, <laughs> I'm still the geek you know there's getting in on there's, business. there's
1: uh, lots of um, it's like documentary style podcast where it's not an ongoing like this is where we, you know we have we're there's no end in sight really we don't have an end game with it mm-hmm. uh, but these docu- documentary type podcasts right. it's like very limited episodes you know 8 or 10 right. maybe 12 but they're fascinating
2: they are and they, and you, they are addictive and mm-hmm. I've, I've found how easy it is to manage them and then I find out oh this didn't download darn it you know do I? Don't I? Do yeah. I listen? You know, over non Wi-Fi. You know, how do I want to do this? But <laughs> there's so many out there that you kind of got to pick a lane. And uh, Tim Ferriss is another one, uh, four-hour work week, and he's got his. And they, they go in all different directions. Yeah. But they focus on very interesting people. They're outside of insurance, and you know, they open up your mind because let's face it, if you're doing your job day to day, you're in your silo, you're staying focused, and it's good to get out.
0: Yeah, and it's. It's amazing that in this industry, there is always talk about content marketing to agents, um, that they need to be content marketing to their customers. But it's amazing how little content marketing is actually driven towards agents. There's a lot of talk about that there should be. And even the the people that do, it's not great content. It, It really is either unreadable, like that one email that I get, uh, not naming names on that one, but there's an email that I get that is absolutely unreadable on an iPhone or, right. or cell phone. Right. right. And it, it just goes directly in the trash. And I want to read what it says because I want to engage in it, but it is absolutely unreadable. It, it it's just
1: unreadable because it doesn't scale to your screen. Size. It doesn't
0: scale yeah. and it's, it's not really right long and it's one sentence at a time. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a difficult read. Right. And, um, but we really need more people like yourself that are advocates of this industry out there talking about that. That's why we're really happy to have you on because you are an advocate for this industry. Well,
2: thank you. No, look, um, I could tell you stories from the entertainment industry and they're true. Um, and they were abusive. Uh, it's a rough industry. I uh, loved it. It paid me well. Um, I thought I'd retire in that industry. And as I said earlier, I never thought I would work in this industry. But it is true. I enjoy working because I, I work with nice people. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy working with nice people because I really work with, and I can say this on this podcast, assholes. Yeah. I mean, they could not have been bigger. Yeah. Um, and I mean, stories, to guys being in meetings and vice chairmans threatening that their uh, the person who's in trouble, their house is going to be burned down. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Guys, we're in the meeting't yeah. about it. you're sitting there going really um, so no, this is a great industry love the uh, the people who are in it are real um, and there's some very interesting people I mean there's the backgrounds are like wild the, like, really
0: there is, and
2: you know um, we, we
0: talk often about the insurance lover is that there's insurance people can drink and I had the opportunity of speaking um, with uh, some of the older older people in the industry. And we started talking about how it was in the '90s and early 2000s, and it was the wild west. There were, you know, it was there were limos that would pull up in front of trade shows, and they would go off and have crazy, crazy lives. And the shows have completely changed with with the times, but you still see how that how that underbelly is like. Insurance agents are actually a lot of fun. Yes. they're a lot of fun they like to drink they like to tell stories there, there's a lot of engagement we're social yes. people in this yes. industry so um, I, everybody thinks that being in insurance is boring they haven't
2: been in insurance. You got the wrong agent. You, know, you got <laughs> the well, right agent.
0: Well, the thing is, is, those agents, they they think, okay, well, I'm a financial advisor. I need to, you know, I need straight. to look the part. Of, yes, yes, sir. Yes, may, may I help you? And, you know, and then, you know, you see them on the golf course, you know, lit by the third third <laughs> hole, you, you know, <laughs> chasing ducks around the, the 15th green. These are real stories. <laughs> How many sleeves of balls did you go through today? <laughs> Shank hook. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. And uh, in, in, in the amount of golf that is played in this industry is amazing. And I, I only play at tournaments, like I right. uh, not at tournaments, but uh, conventions and shows, because it's a networking thing. Like if yes. I'm back home, I don't I don't play golf.
2: Yep. No, it's a very social, um, you know, group of people, and you know, golf has always been a great way just to get out there and do it. But no, I enjoy um, the sensibilities that exist within this arena. Sensibilities, is meaning um, people are very matter of fact, but they have personalities. You know, they're not just focused on the next liability that's coming down the pike. Although I did have one in New York last week that really threw me. Oh, how's that? Did I tell you about this? No. Uh, I received a call from an agent in the center of New York state and which is pretty rural. Mm-hmm. And the first part of the conversation, very nice fellow, uh, first part of the conversation was are you willing to sign New York State's cyber liability policy, uh-huh. which states that you verify that you adhere to the standards of yep. that policy? And I said, absolutely, for our company, no question. He said, well, you also have to substantiate that you, any vendor or third party that you work with, subscribes and adheres yep. to the New York City, uh, New York State liability laws. And I said. I don't know. That could take a while because if I have to go uh, knock on the door of Google in Mountain View, California, I don't know know how long that's going to take to get that signature. Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take if I have to go out to Seattle and get that signature from AWS because we use them for storage on some stuff. And if you take this to the extreme of every third party that we work with, that Mm -hmm. I have to go to get their verification certification, I don't know that I can execute this agreement for you. Yeah. So, and. (laughs) <laughs> there was some other part of the conversation. I ended up writing the fellow back saying, I'm not so sure we're a solution for your business.
0: Yeah, the, the New York the New York regulations are, are insane. Yes. And they're overbearing. Yes. I think they'll become the industry standard, but I think it will just revert to like a SAS 70 or or, or, or kind of, kind of an ISO level type thing. Right. There'll be some refinement there because it's to the
2: extreme. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, man. Um, how, do, how do people get a hold of you? They can reach us via our website, and it is insuranceagentapp.com. Soon to be insuranceagent.app. Oh, you um, have nice. to yeah, have that URL. I we like do. that, and we're excited about launching that eventually. Right now, there's a redirect. Actually, you are not allowed to redirect a .dot app website. Not is, allowed isn't it. Google control it they yeah they do pay 25 million for it and they're controlling it yeah. so they won't allow redirecting forward our contact information is on the page we engage with our clients uh, regularly we're very accessible and we look forward to talking with you Well, I I, uh, I
0: appreciate you uh, coming on today and I appreciate you being a listener yes and thanks uh, for
1: giving me a hard time
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> always good all feedback is always warranted right Becky? yeah uh, yeah thank you I appreciate being here. Well, um,
1: uh, what do you think, listeners, about apps and insurance agents? Do you want to use one or not?
2: I mean, absolutely. Matt, Matt
1: would argue that you need to.
0: Um, Becky's on the fence.
1: Yeah. I
0: said my, my piece in the last episode, so I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about your clients. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
1: but it's, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Becky L. Schroeder. You can find Laird. He's L. Rick's Ford or tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour
0: or you can say use the hashtag it's my data baby <laughs> yeah and uh, don't forget to subscribe if you are just jumping in on here and uh, tell your friends about the insurance happy hour next uh, time we're at a trade show and we'll be talking about this I, I think we're definitely going to insure technac so yeah. If you uh, would like to join us, and we could have a party where we we just have rotating guests, that'd be fantastic. But,
1: uh, Hopefully, we won't be hung over.
0: That, that let's yeah, no more ha- hangovers on that.
1: No more hangover insurance happy hours in yeah. Vegas.
0: But uh, all right, well, this has been fun. I've enjoyed it, and as always, thanks for listening. So you listen to the end? You listen past the end? I do. Do this uh, is the extra part. Th- this I'm is in. this is it. This is, this is how it comes together. Right. Is is usually you know something that uh, got written down as a note of like you know like this was kind of funny and you know didn't have to tag anything on this episode but uh, yeah this is the fun part is whenever you can actually this is the Ferris Bueller part of the episode. Correct. Go. Yes. It's over. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> you're still here. Yeah, we, we've actually done that. You know, we, we did that and then. Uh, you know, it, it, or the it, Marvel movies, the, end credits, yes, yeah. extra scenes. Yep, yep. The best one was the shawarma scene, yeah. where they're just sitting there quietly, just eating, e- eating shawarma because yeah. he's like, "Do you have a good shawarma place?"
2: <laughs> Actually,
1: did you see Captain Marvel? I have not yet. Okay, I want to tell you then.
2: Okay, okay. and wasn't the, the uh, Deadpool? Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. Well,
0: one he did. Of those. He did. He did the Ferris Bueller as well. Right. He, right. Yeah, that's that's a classic. It's good stuff. Good stuff.
2: Thank you guys. I, I
0: had a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no really problem. Thanks, Thanks for
2: being here. Thank All right.
1: you.